0: Live at Five podcast. I'm Tom, and I'm the founder here at Gosnells. I'm Will. I'm the head brewer here at Gosnells. I'm James, and I make the mead This is our informal podcast, which we're spinning out from our Instagram live sessions. We do these every Friday live at five, and we'll be talking about honey, fermentation, and of course, what we're here for—the mead We'll also be joined from time to time by some very special guests to talk about booze more generally. If you haven't already, guys, hit that subscribe button to our podcast, whatever medium you're on. Uh, leave us a review. Follow us on our social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, at Gosnells Me. Perfect. Should we get into it? Let's do it. Let's do it. Hi guys. How are we? Back again. Back again. Another week gone. Mate, It's uh, it's been a long week this week. I kind of felt every day. I think today coming in with the, the pouring rain, I sort of, I felt all yeah. my... Uh, I didn't believe you. It's a gorgeous morning when I left. Yeah. No, it was uh, when I looked out the window by the time I got downstairs, it was just pouring with rain. But... Uh, yeah. Sometimes it rains, sometimes it pours. Mm. It's, uh... I think I've heard that before. Yeah. So uh, what are we doing today, Tom? How are you? How are you? Like, how was your week? Uh, Talked all about my, me. Maybe it was alright. Right. Um uh, yeah, feels like we're <laughs> Feels like we're getting somewhere. <laughs> um, and. <laughs> We are busy for our fa- fabulous, no, fantastic February. Fantastic February. Make, which... make February fantastic. <laughs> or fabulous, depending on what you want. Um, so we are doing lots of events. Uh, we've got some meat yeah. making courses. We've got some vermouth making courses. Uh, we've got some tastings, all kinds of stuff. So yeah, we've got a new tasting bundle all... coming out as well. Yeah. Um, which is some of our uh, meat of the month, some of our new meats coming up as well. So I think that comes up with about eight. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's an exciting week. Yeah, it's good. Uh, I'm sure is that we we sorry. We've got a guest tonight today. We do indeed. We've got uh, Johnny Fowl, who's uh, known as Wandering Whiskey, uh, and he'll be joining us to talk about whiskey and particularly oak aging. So I've yeah, got this percent at the end of the last. Week. So it's a, it's a nice way to sort of have a look at uh, uh, playing with oak in in fermentation maturation. You know, that's kind of the overarching theme of today. Um, yeah, so it's kind of cool to see how that works in other industries as well as for us as well. You know, so. Um, I know in the whiskey industry that uh, we've been working to create some uh, some mead finishing casks for whiskey. Mead finishing casks. So yeah, so we have sent off some of our casks to a whiskey maker uh to finish their uh, whiskey. Yeah, which we which will be interesting. Interesting to see what that's done actually. um Yeah, we've been, we spent. I think that last year, didn't we? So yeah, we're so coming up first. Yeah, it takes some time, right? right like it's, it, it's, it's definitely a labor of love. Yeah, but, exactly. Um, um, should we have a drink? So, I mean, Yeah, all, yeah. I've, I've, I started early already. It was five yeah, o'clock I, I just, somewhere, so I just, I just smashed through mine. That was that was a hot me Those that a, uh, one of the older batches too. I just want to. I, wanna check this I like bit. any excuse to go through some old stock and and just see how everything's holding up. So that's that's two years old as it is, and uh, and yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, what are we starting on then? Well, should we start off with uh, what's what are we can mm. this week? Uh, so yeah, do you want to start off with that? Yeah, let's do this. So part of our. Oh, sorry, um, you want to go to small batch or do you want to go let's go happy first so this just come off the line this week uh today hours ago minutes ago minutes ago um yeah so this is uh one of our me the month ranges that we uh held off and uh we decided to put in the new tasting bundle for this month so this is a oh i want to say eight percent yes i think i want to say eight or is it nine no i think it's eight um, 8% made with raw honey from the Hackney Marshes. Awesome. Um, so this is, uh, you know, a raw London honey fermented with our house yeast, um, part of our Mead the Month range. Uh, it's one of our single origins, of course. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is, this is sick. Good. I mean, I've tasted it before. Never in camp. So, yeah. Never in camp. Hackney Mead in camp. Uh, and this is part of the tasting one. Ah, exciting. this is also the same honey that we use for the Camp I Colab. Ah, oh, so, Yeah. All together, yeah. Um, so if you want to get your hands on this, this is in this month, the February tasting bundle. So um, there's eight meats in there this month, a uh, four-pack one or, you know our core range, this, uh, and a couple of others, which I've forgotten. But um, yes, yeah, so if you want to get involved with that, then uh, then do get involved. Guys, as always, if you've got any questions, then just type them in the box below and we will endeavour to answer them. Well, hopefully, Johnny can answer some questions about whiskey. We've yeah, we have got a few questions for you, Johnny, uh, which have been sent through. So, that's- yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This is a little bit, uh, little bit different, a little bit different setup than we usually well, do. I think there's something I'd like to do a bit more of is invite some guests on to talk about booze in general because I think people who are interested in our stuff are oh. generally interested in, you know, I forgot how cool this is. It's so, really cool. Nice. We, we didn't really, talk, really talk about really it. it. We, we, on the nose, like, it is so much honey. It is terrifying amount of honey. It's also got that, you know, if you get really raw honey, you get this nice sort of funky, you know, sort of uh, farmhouse sort of characteristic in the honey as well. And that really stuck when we started pushing that ABV up on these as well. Yeah. It's not too sweet, though. It's got a little bit of dryness. No, so it's... They're all finished about the same uh with the medium amongst range because that was kind of the idea right it was a honey that was meant to be showcased so the yeah, fermentation so, yeah. style is around about the same the sweetness always end up in the same but the abv <laughs> excuse me we varied yeah. and that sort of helps with that that drying but also because it's slightly acidic slightly floral um it kind of balances out quite nicely but also yeah it's it's super herbaceous and and floral on the nose yeah, no, it's, it's a house use as well, so it's, it's very aptly. easy for eight nine like, percent. It is terrifyingly, terrifyingly easy, easy. Uh, I meant to such to slow myself down because yeah, otherwise uh, I'm going to really struggle. Oh yeah, we, we've got a we've got an afternoon ahead of us. We have, we so what, what have you been doing this week, Tom? Let, let's let's How keep I this rolling. How have I been? To? Oh, we launched the horse collab. Oh, oh yeah, sick. So it has actually been quite quite a, quite a busy week. So the horse collab, for those of you who don't know, it's uh, it's half cider, half mead a sizer if you will and that is if you're me it's a sizer otherwise for everyone else it's half meat half cider I don't know I, whatever I, I, Hell's my uh, attempt at a joke like the, <laughs> that's alright uh, let me leave the jokes to me well I, uh, I, well, I do well, but we can clear them sometimes clear I get the, the middle, confidence up them, and then you just the ram me back down <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so that was on Wednesday so that was cool um, that's available on the BrewDog website and we did that collaboration last summer so it's really cool to see that come to fruition mm-hmm. um, we've got a uh, we've actually got some other collabs coming up this year as well. Which yeah, is I'm so. looking forward to that. Like, I quite like our style of collab now. Like, um, we're kind of getting used to working with other uh, other breweries and and um, other fermentationists, if you must. And um, we're starting to find our way with that. Um, yeah. It was a little bit more difficult than I anticipated, but um, but yeah, no, that's that's really cool. Um, what else? Are i the I think some social you know uh for those of you that that are communicating with me via the medium of instagram that's me it's why it's just so zingy and exciting i i have been enjoying it tom it's uh do you like it when i talk to myself i love it when you talk to yourself and i also like it when you do it on instagram it's it's <laughs> hey. it's 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 so there we go joke number two take T- that one oh. off um no it's nice and uh it's kind of yeah it, like, it, it it's my, very you, Tom. I'll give government. you that. Exactly, exactly. Like, it's, it's like seeing the inside of your brain. Yes, terrifying. <laughs> terrifying place. Uh, it makes me respect you more. Uh, well, let not go too far. Well. <laughs> let's not go too far. Um, right, we're going to open one more thing before we get to Johnny. Let's do it. So I'll be you. What have you been doing this week, Will? Um, so this week I've been uh, working on the small batch program. Uh, it's towards the end of the month. So, at uh, the end of every month comes the the, uh, the packaging of the small batch program, ready to send out to our uh, our uh, monthly subscribers, which is cool. So, this month was the uh, coffee boucher, which is this little darling here. These these labels are nice, though, Tom. I, I quite like these labels. They design the labels well. Um, was it February that yeah, did that? And and yeah, and I've just been and just, <laughs> just took the colour out. Um, I'm just going to finish this off. Do you want some water? Yes, please. I've kept that one there clean for the whiskey. i kept you one there clean for the whiskey as well. Um, I mean, the whiskey is the... We call it whiskey, but we, we'll we specifically chose something that's uh, a little off-kilter. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is the coffee boucher. So, this is one of those ones that we've been working on for, I don't know, since I started here. I remember we quite early things, on somebody yeah. saying that coffee, and, like honey and coffee just don't work together and i was like well i kind of want to see how that goes and, and why um and i started playing with it and it's right like in a normal mead um like in a standard mead let's say it's, it's quite difficult to incorporate coffee and have them you know um harmonize nicely usually it's yeah. i've seen it in beer as well it becomes really two-tonal like it's they don't they don't really mesh well and over time it ends up go to that beer festival called uppers and downers which was where they, no. they they made a load of coffee beers in, in, in London. I can't remember which. Anyway, it was like a series of breweries and they, they basically paired up roasteries with brewers. Um, there was some good stuff that came out of that. But yeah. I think it, it is one of those things that's I'm, I'm, more I'm, difficult I'm, and you have to work with the roasteries. I've had more bad coffee beers than I've had good. And most of the good ones I've had have, have, have been stout orientated or yeah, at least yeah. dark, dark beer dark, I'm dark, orientated. Yeah, that's true. Um, I had a couple of coffee red ales yeah. and I thought that would be nice. No. I, well, it could be, but the ones I had were just absolute pass. I mean, so this is our coffee to so, so this is made with caramelized honey. Which is the base of the base of the mead, and then some Brazilian. I can't remember the exact pulp, pulp natural. pulp natural, what does which that is that, mean? that's Just the, so, uh, the, uh, the process of taking the, washing, the yeah, yeah. The, uh, of getting to the actual, taking the, the husk off and taking the fruit or the flesh off the outside and getting to the, to the bean in the center. So it's a, the fermentation process that all coffee goes through. Then there's different styles of that fermentation yeah. process. Um, maybe that's what you still wear one week. Well, we? <laughs> yeah, well I thought about that. We are going to do it. Um, well, I was talking to, uh, the guys down at Old Spike who work with us on that, this. Yeah and uh yeah we might get those on in a week or two and, and talk a little bit about coffee yeah, and, awesome. and, and go a bit further because i really love this process so, so we've been working on for years this is a barrel fermented uh barrel aged um boucher as well we we really like that style here especially with the boucher the micro oxidization get a little bit more of those sort of nutty characteristics a little bit more chocolate comes out a little bit more caramel comes through and it's just uh it's just a a nice process to make a Boucher and the Boucher itself with the caramelized honey has those like coffee chocolate caramel notes in it that really lend themselves well to especially Brazilian coffee, which is, you know, the the style of coffee that tastes and acts like coffee for me. You know, it's it's sweet and it's not too acidic and, and it just has a beautiful, beautiful nose of coffee. Yeah, definitely. Johnny, um, if you're still on, if you want to just, uh, you know... Come into come into our Instagram live whenever you want, uh, and then we'll we'll, we'll invite him. Oh you right on. yeah, that taste is yeah. so nice too. So it's got all the coffee on the nose, but it's also when it gets to the palate, it's got a nice little bit of complexity from that barrel. Um, I will have to jump up to uh, yeah. Accept. I think you actually, you actually, can you can invite him in? There is okay. Are yeah. uh, you sending an invite anyway? There we go. Um, yeah, so we're going to be going with Johnny. All right, we'll leave him to introduce himself in a second, but it's uh, he is a whiskey whiskey connoisseur expert, uh, and he will be here any minute. Um, hi, Johnny.
1: Oh, I'm on. Hey, yeah.
0: <laughs> how's it going?
1: Um, yeah, good, good. Not too bad. I've been enjoying your your chit chat.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's quite freeform, Johnny. It's a Friday afternoon. I enjoyed
1: this the size of stuff. That was good.
0: Uh oh, thank you for that. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> but, uh yeah, I've been working on that one all week. It's like uh, mean, unscripted. 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 Uh, yeah. Um uh, Johnny,
1: what are you drinking? Um oh I actually just got this uh, I didn't have anything in the fridge except for I was given this by my friend Andrea Milroy's. It's um the Ardberg beer. Oh. So it's like um oh what's the name of the brewery who brewed it it's their Williams Bros in Alloa in Scotland it's so it's the peated malt that they use at Ardbeg distillery and they made a porter out of it so it's like a smoked porter oh go cool. How's it drinking? Yeah. it's it, Okay. So it's like, um, I mean, it's a smoky porter, but it's very, like very, very peaty, like whiskey peat. And it does taste a bit like if you've been like, if you go into a pub where like people have been having like a whiskey and beer session all day, and you get like the smoke and beer smell, it does taste a bit like the smell of that, which isn't like, it depends what you like. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know Sorry. if it's necessarily yeah, for me. Exactly.
0: There, there, there's a time and place for everything. Um, on the wrong day, that can be uh, probably a little overwhelming.
1: Yeah, it's uh, quite a weird. Like, for the first drink of the day, it's quite weird. It's all right. So you can only go up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I've got plenty to go. I've, I've got about a million bottles of whiskey yeah, around yeah. <laughs> well Scottish. Johnny, do you want to introduce yourself and talk about, oh, yeah. about that? Uh, Who you are yeah. and what you know about whiskey? <laughs> okay. Um, I'm Johnny... Um, I went to school with Tom and I work at Sotheby's as the whiskey specialist or spirit specialist. Um, So I run the spirits auctions at Sotheby's in New York, London and Hong Kong. So I get to deal mainly with the old and rare side of the industry. Um, And every now and again, I get to drink some some nice rare stuff. So hopefully I can show you guys a couple of interesting things. And uh, I think we're going to talk about. Oak ageing, bit of barrel ageing, and and I guess like anything that comes up.
0: Yeah, cool. Well, we've got a few questions. We've also had a few questions submitted by our followers as well. Um, and so, guys, if you have any questions as we go through, type them in the bottom, and then we'll we'll keep a note of them, and we'll probably get to them towards the end. Um, we are going to start off with the whiskey, and I apologise, Johnny, because I've been smashing through my whiskey collection, so I've only got this Balkan Baby balloon Oh right, yeah. <laughs> Which is uh, not a, crucially, it's not a bourbon, as in it hasn't been to <laughs> be a bourbon. And I
1: think it oh, so it's it. not. I mean, it could be a bourbon, not a straight bourbon, then. I guess
0: uh, it specifically says on the back that it's not a bourbon, <laughs> not <So>. a
1: bourbon. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which when, is when it came in, I straight away saw that. I was like, okay, that that actually makes it really quite intriguing. Although, like, what what post did they go to? They were like, no, nah, we don't need that. We're we're just going to uh, completely go our own way. Yeah, it's too young to be a bourbon apparently.
1: Right. Less than two years. Yeah. Uh, I can't work out. Sometimes it's like, um, it's whether the definition is straight bourbon or bourbon, whether you have to be aged for however many years, but yeah, it's, it's generally two in the U S three in Scotland.
0: Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And it's three years and a day in Ireland. Yeah. Same as Scotland three in a
1: day. Three in a day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So what would what, what, you agree for this?
0: Um,
1: but yeah, this is corn whiskey as well, which is interesting. Oh, well, that's probably why it's not a bourbon oh, it's so on corn yeah, you would have to have well so bourbon has to be majority corn, but it's generally a corn wheat mash bill, right. um, but every now and again you get like corn rye, corn, various different things, yeah, this is straight corn, so straight corn, yeah, corn? yeah,
0: and it's blue corn as well, so blue maize, which is anyway, so it's that's different. that's why it's at the back of my listen collection, yeah, you know, it's uh oh shit. yeah. <laughs>
1: I've, I've only got i've got one american whiskey here i've got a russell's rye i don't really drink that much bourbon i occasionally drink rye and this is like i think it's around 100 pounds a bottle so it's not like it's not outrageously expensive it's it's kind of normal but it's um i think this is really nice actually I, i'd recommend this Maybe, actually it might be less it might be more like might be more like sixty pounds. I I can't remember how much I spent on this, but I'd really yeah. recommend Russell's Six. It's a good like easy drinker, forty five percent. It's and it's pretty like it is quite sweet, vanilla, vanilla woody. I recommend. Well,
0: I tell you a, a, a question about what what whiskies, uh, what everyday whiskies are we drinking? You you said about the GlenDronach, which is my favourite whiskey at the moment. I mean, yeah, it's quite unfortunately I got hexed of Christmas, but yeah.
1: Oh, nice! Yeah, Glendron is so good. I actually bought. Um, oh, in fact, I've got one here. Oh, wait, where is it? Mm-hmm. I had one. Oh, here it is. I feel um, like this, is that... like I'm <laughs> <laughs> this is one that going to knock over. This is one. So, if you go to the distillery, you can fill your own bottle. That's pretty uh, cool. Yeah, and you can see like the color on this. Yeah, I mean, I'll put up a, a different colored whiskey next to it, where it's like a like here's a, a bourbon matured Corryla here. And that's the European oak sherry glendronach camphil. so it's like, yeah, really super dark, delicious. I don't. Is this all going to be? If this gets recorded at some point, that may not be a very good, uh, like, for audio only. That may not be a very good segment. Yeah, <laughs> we <We're> forget <getting laughs>
0: ourselves sometimes. No, that, 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 that's fine. Um, I think we make up for it in other areas. So it's, yeah, uh, it's so a okay. visual art
1: piece. <laughs> Yeah, we can do more of the size of stuff and then they'll, yeah, they'll get exactly. the audio guys on side. Of yeah, it. Just
0: here for the humor, uh, not for the <laughs> content. Um, so, I guess, Johnny, let's start from the beginning. What is whiskey? Let's, let's start from basics.
1: Okay. So, uh, essentially, it's a distilled beer. Uh, I mean, it's a grain spirit that you brew into, or it's a grain um, product that you brew into a beer and then you will distill that beer. And you can distill it. I mean, it really depends who you are and where you're doing it, what your style is. Scotch whiskey is the most common whiskey, and you'll distill it twice. You make a kind of, um, like a really heavy wine, like a 24%, um, fur is, they call it low wine. So that's like your first distillate, which obviously, if you, if you, I mean, that's not a spirit at that stage. So you distill that a second time, um, this is in pot, pot distillation, which is, I guess, what's most common with whiskey. So you distill it a second time, and then you get a kind of seventy odd percent spirit that'll be clear, and you'll you'll water it down to around sixty five, sixty two point five in the US, and then you stick it in a barrel for two three years. So it'd be two in the US, three in Scotland, three in Ireland. In Japan, you can sort of do what you want, but they tend to go for three minimum. Mm-hmm. and uh and then you got whiskey at the end so yeah beer, i mean in essence it's a distilled beer that's been aged in oak yeah and that's that's kind of
0: it because there is different variations in different countries and different countries have their own rules and and it's kind of you know being bastardized from different things as well and you talk about the american side and you know like uh you know wheat and 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 uh barley are kind of the main ones, but going over to the to America and corn being a lot easier, a lot red, more readily available, it grows better in, in there. And you've got rye as well, as we talked about earlier on. You know, rye, rye is one of those hearty grains that I love. Like I like rye whiskey as well. I'm not much of a bourbon drinker. I have to really find the rye bourbon. But rye whiskey, even though it's a little bit more, for me, like a little bit more alcoholic, you know, has that sort of tendency to be a bit rougher and a bit more um, – aggressive but it also has like this nice spiciness to it as well um but yeah otherwise that that's kind of risky yeah. in itself So, so, it's I, so the grains are in that sort so, of uh, we we'll spoke about it about being barrel and wood contact for a couple of years normally what is that wood contact doing uh and like how is that changing obviously is that you know i know the
1: answer don't worry guys but i'll ask you the question <laughs> um or well, the wood contact well first of all it's going to give you the color yeah um And and you really have to think about what kind of barrel you're using and and how it's going to affect it. So the color will be darker or lighter, more intense or or um, or paler, depending on how new the barrel is, what kind of tree the barrel was made out of and whether or not that barrel was used for something before you put whiskey in it. So the main types of whiskey barrel that you get, and I'm going to talk about Scotch whiskey mainly here because Mm -hmm. um, I think it's the one where you get slightly more experimentation. So in American whiskey, you'll use an American oak barrel. I mean, there are exceptions to this rule, but let's say like 99% of the time, it's a fresh virgin oak, American oak barrel. So we're talking about white oak that gets cut down in American forest and you stick, uh, you char it, which basically just means like it's like toasting a marshmallow. You just... Put a flamethrower to it. You darken the inside, a bit like roasting a coffee bean, and then you stick your whiskey in it. For, so in the US, we're talking two years. When they're done with it, at the end of two years or however long they have it in the US, they then ship it over to America. I was, God, what am I talking about? They then ship it over to Scotland or like Japan or whoever's going to use it next. Like in Scotland, we only really there are of course exceptions, but we only really use wood that's been used by someone else before. I mean, the Scottish are famous for being thrifty, (laughs) and the the whiskey industry is a perfect example of that. Um, So we will take like an old American oak barrel from a bourbon distillery. Often you cannibalise it to actually make the barrel even slightly bigger, called Hogsheads, so you can fit more whiskey into it. So, I mean, this is we're taking thrift to a new level. We're getting an old barrel. We're making it even bigger so you can fit more in it. And yeah, then you're going it to sit that in your warehouse for a few years. Product. Sorry. Say again.
0: It also gives you a, a less surface area, less contact for, for longer aging as well. If You're using a new barrel, that sort of, you know, that, that contact of wood, if you spread it out, you get a longer sort of process. Yeah. You know, that, it, that's a, a little bit more. Exactly.
1: And you will find like you do get whiskies that are mature in tiny, little, like you get quarter and firkins and stuff, but yeah, generally the, the most common size is around 200 to 250 liters. Um, and then, so, so in Scotland, we're going to take it from America, from bourbon, or we're going to take it from um, Spain, from sherry, sometimes from, port, uh, from Portugal, from ports. Uh, do you know what? I don't have any port winery whiskies? but there's like sweet wines. I think I've got, so like, just to give you an example of like the different types, this would be like a heavy sherry European oak. You get a dark color. I've got here a Japanese IPA barrel. Um, nice. Nice. and that probably was a bourbon barrel before that, as well. I think it got used it got used at the distillery as an ex bourbon barrel. then it got sent to the brewery. They used it to mature some some whiskey barrel matured beer, and then they sent it back to the distillery. They used it again to make an i p a matured whiskey. Um, let's have a look. This is a monteado sherry this one it's not quite taken on the dark color, but it's sort of getting there. What else have we got here? Like, oh yeah, I've got Sauternes, so like French sweet um, wine.
0: Yeah, we we do it in Australia as well, but there's a, a distillery called starwood Oh yeah, yeah yeah. So so I would America, do a lot of wine. Australian-style uh, fortified wine, which is kind of cool, and that that sort of idea of growing everything within that sort of country and using those sort of things, and those fortified wines just lend themselves to to those sort of more sweeter notes as well, which kind of balance out with the whiskey, which is cool. And I yeah. some uh, stuff with Port Barrels last week. And, you know, Port's one of those ones too that's that, that round sort of fortified wine just is gives you colour, gives you a little bit of this, like, perception of sweetness as well. Um, yeah, and, and like in Scotland as well with the, uh, you know, how many bodegas there are now and how how, um, how scarce sherry barrels are moving towards these different styles of maturation as well is, is kind of driving that, that there's just not enough production of sherry to just keep running sherry.
1: Yeah, I mean, some people produce sherry purely to season barrels with, which is kind of mad. Um, yeah, so, that, I mean, can... that gives you an idea of how big the the sherry matured industry for yeah. for Scotch whiskey is, or, or for for any whiskey company who's using sherry barrels.
0: Well, maybe we we'll have to talk about Sherry because that's one of my favourite. Yeah, my favorite, and it's such good. Makes such good value. So Look, You get such good wine. <laughs> and, um, <laughs>
1: yeah, Cheese. Yeah, yeah. two Pepe. Right, seven great. quid a bottle, it's, it's, it's my favorite <laughs> of sherry.
0: my favourite type of scotch as well. Like a sherry, sherry finished castle or, or a sherry is. You know, when I when I tell people about like you know, what sort of whiskey do I get? I'm like, you're gonna have to try some different barrel types to kind of find what your, your niche is. You know, you you're like I can't stand bourbon finished castle, or bourbon. Bourbon barrel cask um, scotch or Irish whiskey, and like I kind of learned that early on. I was like, I don't like that. Wait, you
1: like you, you don't like any bourbon matured whiskeys?
0: Yeah, that, like wow, that that's I like ninety percent of whiskey. <laughs> yeah, like and it, it's it's like and I guess it's more that if it's not finished, if it's if it's just done in bourbon, like I know they do a lot of bourbon early on, and then they'll move it into a pot right, yeah. or, or a sherry cask at the end and sort of clean that up. But if it's straight bourbon cask, I kind of find myself going. Well, why don't I like this whiskey? I'm like, oh, it's a, it's
1: it's 100 bourbon cast whiskey, and it's just uh, just one of those things. Uh, you, um, you're uh, so I don't know if you you maybe like I kind of go through like different phases of being like I like I was obsessed with PT whiskey, and I just found any other whiskey like for quite a long time I just wasn't that interested in eating in drinking a non-PT whiskey, and then I had the same with like I mean I drink a lot of sherry whiskey, but now now I've kind of like I'll I mean it depends from day to day. But I think you go through phases of being like, um, do you yeah. know, what, I don't like this, and then, and then a minute later, you're like, actually, this is the best.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so you... Sorry. Go on. Course, yeah, I
1: couldn't, I couldn't really
0: do it. And now I actually drink it. Actually, on. that mind. It's so <laughs> sweet. It is quite sweet. It is <laughs> scary. The more
1: you have, the easier it gets. Yeah, I it yeah.
0: And the nose, it's like you can't put your nose into it because there's just so much uh, like volatile <laughs> alcohol in there that, like, I can't <laughs> smell anything every time I try to dip my nose in. It's just like, out. Ow-
1: yeah that's like i wonder i don't know if i've got any super strong ones here this one's like 57.5 i've got some um some 60 percenters knocking around somewhere actually this one might be yeah 61.7 this one
0: i drink a lot of schnapps like my family makes and um like a lot of that sort of 70 or 80 i can i can put my nose into it i don't know what it is about like that style of like I guess it's a distillation process as well, right? Like, you know, you get a kind of a bit of a dirty wash and a, a bit of a shitty whiskey and it's a lot more sort of burny on the nose. But, um, yeah, I don't find it when I put my nose into like a schnapps or something that's sweet that sort of overrides it. But when I do cheap bourbon or or just like um, some rye whiskeys as well, it just takes so long for me to get used to that nose before I can start getting yeah. into
1: it. Yeah, sure. Like there there are some whiskeys that are just a bit, um, yeah, just a bit, I guess a bit have a heavy burn more than others yeah yeah so Johnny I mean we've spoken a bit about
0: wood but like what if I was going out to buy say three whiskies that were going to show me what the differences in oak would be what types would I be looking for
1: so I think like if you're going to boil I'm going to talk about scotch whiskey here again yeah and yeah. and let's so it's it's it, too
0: too wide right
1: yeah and and I think it's the easiest style of whiskey to find these variations, so you, Japanese whiskey will be the same, but if you're getting like single barrel Japanese whiskey, it's gonna it's just so expensive, so um it's easy to talk about scotch, so I would recommend like the three types you want, you probably want a heavy sherryed whiskey um a bourbon matured or kind of like bourbon maybe with like a tiny bit of sherry influence but like let's say it's mostly bourbon and then the third one you'll want is a peated whiskey and i think so I, th- I think Glendronic is the best bang for your buck for sherried whiskey like McAllen is obviously the king of sherry but mm-hmm. again you're just like the the prices are so crazy these days so Glendronic is your easiest root in for like a heavy sherry like a hundred percent european oak full sherry maturation pretty much all of their whiskies are full sherry um i think it's oloroso for their 12 and 18 and their 21 and is just px cherry and then maybe their 15 is like oloroso and px sherry mixed together so um it's it's all sherry and, and it's basically varying intensities of of sweetness um if you're going to go for a peaty whiskey, I would recommend um, – well, Freud 10 is like the most common and probably most popular one, right? It's like the – I guess on paper it's the most intensely peaty, but Ardbeg is pretty much – I mean, like this a similar level. Um, and I would recommend Machia Bay from um, Kilhoman, which is like a much younger distillery. It's a non-age statement, um, but it's, it's really good, actually, Kilhoman. Um, and it, I guess it's, it's an easier access point as well. If you want to look for any single barrels like Kill Home and do loads and loads and loads of special releases, single barrels of various styles, and you can pick them up for around. So like standard whiskey, about 40 quid a bottle, yeah, single nice. barrels about, I mean, like from 80 to 120, like they're, they're actually pretty cheap. I mean, for, for like special releases.
0: So talking about um, non-age statements just because you brought that up there like how do you sort of stand on that as well I know that's kind of divides whiskey drinkers and 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 stuff about the non-age statements are you you more for that sort of you know if it's 18 it has to be above that sort of thing are you more for you know allowing blenders to blend across and and create a a a style for themselves
1: uh yeah I mean I don't mind the non-age statement thing I, I guess it depends like there's a market for everything right so like if you're looking for a sort of cheaper whiskey, but it's quite nice, non-age statement means that you can get like something that has, you know, maybe quite a lot of old whiskey in there, but then some young whiskey as well to pad it out. So, you know, if if you're not, you know, if, you, if you're just looking for something decent to drink, not flashy, then non-age statements. I, yeah, it's great. There's There's yeah, plenty thanks. of good ones. If you, I mean, if you want to, you know, like if if you want to get into the secondary market and like making money off whiskey, then non-age statement is probably not going to do it for you. Yeah, that's
0: it. Yeah. <laughs> so, that's so it. when we spoke about peated whiskey before, just run me through that process.
1: What makes a whiskey peated? Um, well, okay, so you can pretty much separate like the old blends from the east coast and west coast. East coast tended not to peat, uh, and the west coast did. Similarly, like if you if you if you basically cut Scotland into like um, you know you, you take a cross in the middle of it. <laughs> The northwest are most likely to peat, so you've got the Hebrides where you didn't have any coal, so your fuel is going to be peat, which is basically like a five thousand year old bog that sort of dried out. And you go and dig, and and this dig going out. This
0: is for the molting process, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, you're going to use this fuel. So, like, you don't have any coal, so you, so you need to have fuel to basically start a fire. So you go, and this is for your house or wherever you're going to go and cut a big peat bog and take like bits of this um, earth out. And it'll be like, you you basically like, let's say you cut this deep, it'll be kind of in three stages. And your top bit is what you're going to use in whiskey production. The stuff below you'll use in like, for your fire at home or whatever. But at the top, you get a sort of looser, rootier um, style of peat. And you're going to take that off to your distillery. When you process your barley to make your whiskey, you're going to basically soak it to try and germinate it at the very beginning. So you want this, this is the malting phase you basically want your barley seeds to start germinating. And there's a point at which you want to stop this germination. So you've got this sort of wet, warm, moist barley that's starting to sprout little um, little roots. To stop it, you basically want to heat it up and dry it out again. So you put it in a kiln. So if you're in Edinburgh, or you know, let's say 200 years ago, you're in Edinburgh, you've got coal coming out of your ears. Edinburgh is like so coal rich. So you could use coal and it doesn't really impart that much flavour onto the barley seeds that you're drying. But if you're in Isla on the West Coast in the Hebrides somewhere and you're digging up your peat and you're using peat to stoke that fire, which then goes up to dry the barley, little bits of that smoke are going to go through your, you basically have a perforated floor that your barley sits on above the fire. Mm -hmm. The peat smoke is going to go up. And at the very beginning of the drying phase, when your barley is still quite moist, it's going to basically cling on to the barley and you get this really smoky flavor. So even if you, before you, do anything else in the process you can pick up that barley in your hand you can smell it so if you go to Beaumont or Lagavulin or Laphroaig wherever and you smell the barley they use in that process it really smells of smoke or like medicinal peaty smoke yeah
0: same that beer that you had first on there using that that same malt to create that beer and it has all those sort of elements
1: right well. yeah exactly so this is basically whisk like peated whiskey malt used to make a beer i am interested to know whether they're going to take some of this beer and distill it do you think maybe um, yeah, once
0: you add hops into uh add hops into it let's say because you'll do that to make it a beer it then becomes not a whiskey so you know you, yeah
1: it. i don't know, I don't know thought, actually don't if, know if that is if the swa restrict that i do know that in japan um miyashita um Jozu made a like their first ever whiskey was made on their shochu kit so it was like a stainless steel shochu combi still and they distilled hopped beer and then they matured it in cognac barrels and that was their first like first attempt at whiskey kind of cool didn't taste very nice When you're a
0: new whiskey country as well like doing those sort of yeah, having the ability to do those experiments where you know you look at irish whiskey bourbon like those those uh rules are so tight around what you can do that it kind of you know, it's difficult to, to, to do anything else other than, you know, playing with the maturation or playing with the fermentation at the start or, or even playing with yeah. the fill and, and, and those sorts of things. But when you have the ability to start going through, but like I've distilled some things with hops and it's so difficult to distill with hops. Like it's it, the oils and the process of, the, of that distilling is just so difficult to get consistent and to not clog everything up and to not make it right. really like weirdly fragrant as well. I'm really impressed every time I have a, uh, um can't, yeah, a hot whiskey, let's say, or a hot distilled whiskey. I don't know what you would call
1: it. Yeah, that's the only one I've tried. There, there are a few knocking around. Yeah, it seems like so nowadays. I guess the most common thing, especially if you're a new distillery, is like, is playing around with either different barley varietals or different yeast strains for your maturation, uh, for your fermentation. Sorry, that seems to be the best way to like. Yeah, there's not many ways to differentiate yourself if you're a really young distillery. So, what we're talking about, sherry finished whiskey. We talked about peat. Was there another one? We,
0: or oh, yeah. So,
1: but, uh, bourbon matured. So, uh, on uh oh, yeah, bourbon matured whiskey. Well, I mean, the thing is that it's the most common, right? So, you can pretty much, I mean, like 90% of the whiskies that you'll find. In you know the supermarket are yeah. going to be largely bourbon matured. Unless but, bourbon
0: barrels are cheap, basically right? if it hasn't got a statement about what barrel it is, it's likely to be bourbon.
1: Yeah, and and it'll be a vatting of like of everything, but predominantly bourbon. So I mean, most of the whiskey that most people have tried, whether they know it or not, will be bourbon matured, like largely bourbon matured. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of hard to recommend because they're all good. They, I do have this here, which you're not actually able to get this anymore, but they did a <laughs> second release. So this is a Compass Box, um, which is a, an independent bottler. Yeah. They did this for Delilah's, which is like a rock bar in Chicago. And the idea was to get a blended whiskey. So it's malt whiskey and grain whiskey blended together. And to try and make it as bourbony as possible, so it's like virgin oak uh, and recharred oak barrels. So even if you get like an old bourbon barrel that's been used before, you kind of scrape it out, like scrape off the kind of layer that mm-hmm. you know that, that has already been used. So you try and get down into the fresher wood. You rechar it and you you sort of use it as new, which is I mean, it, it it does work. But the yeah, the issue is that by that point. As well. Yeah. The the issue there is that you make your barrel very thin. Mm-hmm. And so I guess like for maximum intensity of flavor, you want your whiskey to be soaking like right into the depths yeah, of the barrel like and coming back out, out again. Yeah. yeah. So if you've got a barrel that thick, then like you're going to get this really, really juicy, really vibrant interaction. But if your barrel is like that thin, Oh, and so if you're listening to this on audio later, imagine <laughs> I had my fingers wide apart for the first one and close together for the second And
0: that one. also leans into different types of oak as well. So different types of oak have, um, you yeah, know, are more porous than other types. Like American oak is, you know, well, yeah, it, that's probably a good question to go through as well. But, you know, like Hungarian versus French versus American, it allows that sort of um, integration into the wooden back. Or, or as we're watching my video, from wherever it was, different types of wood, but not oak. Yeah, and Sorry. like, and there's, there's like, usually, we, were, we have a lunchtime YouTube watching, and <laughs> Which, which was the distillery in Ireland that we were watching? Oh, we were watching that was Jameson, Jameson's. Yeah. So, yeah. and like talking about like sherry finishing, and like I'm a big, I, I love Irish whiskey. And I think it's just I don't have a sweet tooth, but I have a sweet tooth for whiskey. Um, and it was the same thing. I, I grew up loving, heated whiskies, and that's when I went out and thought I was, you know. 18, 19 drinking whiskey and I was the coolest kid getting around. They're like, Peter, whiskey was the best and that, and that was it. But like um, the Red Breast Wild, which is a sherry cask um, Irish whiskey, is like 40 pounds a bottle. And like for me, I could drink that every day and enjoy it every single day. It's just such a such a nice whiskey. But yeah, um, yeah using different types of wood gives different flavors. And like using cedar and stuff like that, even apple wood, I know in some American um, style whiskeys using like apple or maple wood as well.
1: Um, yeah chestnut used to be pretty common in scotland before it was it's now banned but um <laughs> you can find it at the back of some warehouses are you know probably still a couple ben? knocking around sorry second do you know why it was banned uh, i think they just wanted to regulate and streamline i don't know why they, they went for oak and banned everything else i think they just wanted to say you know let's just draw yeah, a line somewhere yeah they had to draw the line in the sand somewhere yeah i'm actually i'm interested to find out from you guys um your mead barrels so I, I remember speaking to you guys before about um maturing whiskey and mead barrels and because at the time oh i don't know oh, glenn Murray had just done a cider barrel yeah um there was a kashi in uh, japan had done tequila someone else did a tequila barrel in scotland i don't remember who but um they've now banned so then now tequila is allowed in scotland you can now mature that uh, mature whiskey in that But cider, they banned it. You're not allowed to do cider-matured whiskey anymore. So we've sent
0: um, some of our barrels off to mature some... We can talk offline about what it is, Johnny. Uh, (laughs) uh, We sent sent it off... uh, When was it? Last February. Yeah, yeah. So we're all, yeah we're almost up to almost up to twelve months, and so we're just wow. they're not massive barrel. Uh, what was it?
1: They're small. Barrels. Yeah, they're
0: small barrels, right? So, so we should get, get, get kind of the the flavor back from that. Just test out. So that that's quite exciting because there definitely is a flavor. For yeah, because I remember. She, like, have you uh, have
1: you been trying it like as it goes along, like at three months, six months, it, nine it's months? Not
0: here, Johnny. They, the, the master yeah. distiller has been trying it. Yeah, I and mean, we we get a little report every sort of three to six months, um, going like you know where's it at and and. One of the one of the barrels as well that we sent off to, One was a standard V barrel that we run through, and these were these were virgin barrels as well, so they only held mead. And then our smaller barrel held, was a virgin barrel that held, held a mead distillate, and then held our uh, eighteen vintage. Yeah. And that's the only one that's come back, and they're like, oh, that one there's got this weird sort of like cloudy participant in it because of the honey was so raw that it left wax inside the barrel.
1: Okay. Yeah. Does and it go mouldy? If if it's that sweet as well, like is there? Do do you get any like mold or mildew or anything like that? No, well, because
0: uh, when, when you barrel age, usually run it bone dry in the barrel. Like the fermentation still runs, and we're not really holding a sweet mead in the barrel. So uh-huh. by the time that sort of runs through, there's no residual sweetness. It's more of like that perception of sweetness and that honey. Powder. Okay, right, right. But um, yeah, it, it's quite a quite an interesting little process. I would love to be able to taste it through there, but yeah, I don't think we. uh yeah, we don't have access. To that. <laughs> yeah, there was a plan to come to. This, for, yeah, for I know you're. Yeah. Any of, excuse, but yeah. yeah. uh, but that. But yeah, Johnny, I think you know we should definitely talk about some meat age whiskies in the future. That'd be a really cool project. Yeah, because I know they banned. Um, they were saying that they banned cider because meat doesn't kind of come into that category. You can still sort of they wait until that gets. Yeah, they haven't it yet. Yeah, they haven't found it yet. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Found it yet. So, um, yeah, that's good. Uh, cool. We're, I mean, Johnny, we're coming towards the end of it, but. I need to restock my whiskey cabinet this
1: weekend. What should I be like? Give me an interesting whiskey I could pick up at a supermarket for about 40 quid. Um, Interesting whiskey at a supermarket for 40 quid. Um, I would say (laughs) it's quite tricky. So, I mean, to be honest, I think around that price point, people tend to do the same thing. Like, everyone's trying to do a, a very approachable whiskey. So, really, I think like you you can just try just lucky dip and it'll probably be okay. Yeah. I would recommend like if you're in, so let's say you're in London, there's, there are a few places like Milroy's or Caddenheads, heads um, or the whiskey exchange or the vintage house on uh, old Compton street. They will, if you go in there and you say, I've got 40 to 60 pounds, they'll probably find you something quite interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and there'll be stuff that's limited and like, it won't be there the next week. And that's when it starts getting interesting is when you find stuff that like you're not able to taste again, single barrels or like limited expressions. So, it, I mean, if you're a complete novice, I'd say just go into the, go into the supermarket and, and literally just take like, I would say first time go and take a Glen uh Laphroaig 10 and a, I mean, if you can find it But I think you'll find it difficult to get that in a supermarket. Yeah. But then, then you've got like three totally different whiskies. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, perfect. That's that's kind of what we're looking for. Um, Johnny, thanks very much for your time. I uh, really appreciate you coming. No worries. Um, thanks for having yeah. me.
0: That's all right. And uh, we'll speak to you again soon, I'm sure.
1: Cool. Thanks, guys. So, oh, gosh,
0: gosh. Take care. Enjoy your weekend.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you too. But Yeah. Well, yeah, thanks, Johnny, for coming on. That was interesting.
0: Yeah, I, I think we, we overestimated how much we were going to talk about wood. but uh, Yeah, we just ended up talking about whiskey. Yeah. Right? Which yeah I think it's, it's always hard right because we we love booze but, yeah, but like, I'm happy to talk about the introduced booze but yeah um, yeah well, I'm Woodswood I actually quite enjoyed that whiskey to be honest with you uh, it's better drinking it's it's... better so the reason it's still in the back of my cupboard is because it tasted really corny as in elf corn when I first got it but uh, looking at it I got it in 2010 so aging <laughs> it, it at home yeah um, it has had some time on yeah no, uh, yeah I and guess oxidation, right? Because it's probably been about half full that bottle. So, but, yeah, and you went, Well, it's been... Uh, yeah, it hasn't really been barrel aged either, so no. it doesn't really probably have the oxidization it does, but it also allows a lot of those volatiles to come off to opening and closing, pouring that out. Yeah. But um, I had a little bit left in the bottom of that when I poured that That Hackney that on nice, the top, and it's it's strange. Oh. Ah. Um, so, whereas this is a nice combo. Yeah, and I think they go together. Yeah. Like, you've got some of those characteristics in there, and... and you know having a bit of barrel contact in that that boucher sort of lends itself to uh to a decent cocktail as yeah, well like yeah, I, yeah. I think i'll play a little bit with that yeah i'd like cool. to kind of use a uh, you know create an espresso martini that uh, doesn't make yeah. me sad <laughs> right and on that note guys thanks very much for your time yeah uh, Same uh, we'll catch you again next week but yeah cheers guys thanks for listening guys hopefully you enjoyed that so hit the subscribe and like button and follow us on our social media and we'll see you again next week if you've got any questions or thoughts or just want to chat about meat and honey, then drop us an email to podcast at uk, Or better still, jump on our Instagram live at 5, ask us uh, any questions that you have and watch us scramble to try to find the answer and uh, look like we know we talked about. Or if you want to see what I look like, you can head on over to the website at www.gosmos.co.uk